Welcome to the Project DIY Hunter Podcast. If you're thinking about hunting DIY or if you've been hunting DIY for a long time, this podcast is for you. We invite you to join us as we seek to gain knowledge to continue to be successful DIY hunters. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. What is going on, listeners? Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that download for all our episodes. Check them out. So this episode is going to be about what we're planning to take to Colorado. Um, it's it's not what we're gonna take. You know, it's it's a work in progress, and and we're gonna come and I'm do another episode and tell you what we're gonna take to Colorado, and, and then we're gonna come back and tell you how it performed. So. Check this episode out, listen to it, be prepared for another episode to come out once we get back, and then we'll review it and be like, hey, this was a bust, this was awesome, um, we suggest this, we don't suggest that, So, and that's kind of what all this is about, you know, bringing our experiences to life for you, and that way you can decide if you want to take it or not, and, you know, and it's just what we experience, you know, it'd be totally different for somebody else that experienced different conditions or or different altitude or different places so anyways thanks for listening and enjoy this episode what's up everybody and welcome back to project diy hunter podcast i'm joined with my boy charles kelly as most times we're not going to say always because <laughs> sometimes one of us is busy but uh how you doing today charles good man good um had a good day at work those tornadoes never came, so that's awesome. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was supposed to get bad. The funny part about that is uh, it was all sunshines and rainbows until I decided to, we had to do a covered walkway at work, and I had to put plastic on it, and I got on top of the scaffold to start, you know, putting the plastic out, and it come up pouring. When I'm standing on top of a scaffold, probably 20 foot high, and it started lightning and thundering, and I had to hurry up and get down. It was, it was, a, it was a fun day, then the plastic got blown everywhere. So, uh, Jess didn't even go to work today. It was shiny. Oh, yeah, they course. canceled Jess's work. They canceled school. That's crazy. I mean, it, I mean, it stormed for thirty minutes here, and wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm happy it wasn't that bad. Don't get me wrong. A lot of other places, right. it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as you know they said it was going to be. So that's a good yeah. thing. Count our blessings on that one. So, uh, what we got on the on the docket today, Charles? I know we're going we're going to talk about gear, but that's a that's a very broad subject. Yeah, I think we'll try to start with just hunting gear and kind of break it up between hunting gear and backpacking, camping type gear. I think would be a good think good way to break it up. Yeah, we should probably stay away from optics and all that other stuff right now and just kind of do the fundamentals at the at the beginning and do another episode on all that. Because if not, it's going to be a long episode. Yeah, this would be more like a gear list, I guess you could say, and not much as a review. Uh, we can review the stuff later. I guess we'll uh, jump into our clothing. I think that's a, that's a good place to start because there's so many different options out there. I feel like that's the one. Well, I myself am that guy that I kind of want to listen to what people say before I go buy it. So I'm very particular about my hunting clothes. Like I used to be a Sitka guy and I absolutely loved it, but I got to a point where I had a bunch of Sitka duck hunting stuff, but I'm kind of bougie. So I didn't want to wear my duck hunting stuff, deer hunting. So I had to buy sick of deer hunting stuff. And next thing I know, I'm a couple thousand dollars into it. And I got a match and I needed more and more and more. And I'm just like, okay, I got to stop. <laughs> so I sold all my sick of stuff to one of my buddies. And uh, he got, let's just say he got a good deal on it. But uh, I'm going to First Light. Um, I really like First Light's line. They, uh, I'm not going to say it's budget friendly, but it's friendlier than someone like Sitka or Kuyu. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, some items are expensive still, yeah, but I mean, it's still performance items. It's moisture weakening. Some of it's wool. Some of it's, you know, synthetics. Uh, they just got a really good project, product. And, you know, me personally, I like it. Charles is kind of leaning towards going the Sitka route. Yeah, I, I, I like Sitka. Um, I really like my Cabela's brand right now, though, because it was – you know, it wasn't like super cheap, but you know, I paid um, for what I would have paid for Sitka. You know, I, I'd have had to pay 
thousand, twelve hundred bucks for the setup I have now in Sitka. So um, I think I pay like three sixty for my whole. Well, I know Cabela's just come out with a, uh, I guess the two point version of their performance right. gear. Uh, it's expensive. Yeah. So. <laughs> if I'm gonna go buy Cabela's brand. It ain't going to be expensive, if you know what I mean. I'm going right. to go by name brand. I'm not taking anything away from Cabela's brand either, but I don't know. I just feel like they're kind of joining the game late. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they're a pair of pants, the new Instinct pants. They got 200 bucks. I mean, you can get some nice Sitka pants for 160 Yeah, well, so. 180s for, the I think, the Gradient pants. Right. And they're, I mean, I had them. I mean, they were, they were nice. I had the, uh, I had the Grinder pants. I had the gradient pants. I had the duck oven jacket. I had the Hudson jacket. I had the Hudson bibs. Uh, had the, I mean, I had a, a good bit of stuff, and it, I mean, it worked great. Now, don't get me wrong, it was, it was good stuff. But like I said, I just, I can look like an absolute bum going to Walmart, but when I put on camouflage, I got to look good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I. I couldn't keep spending money on, on stuff to, you know, keep fueling my habit. So I'm actually, that's one of the reasons I'm going to first light and just getting like a neutral color and, you know, I can wear it to work. I can wear it out to dinner. I'm not one that wants to wear my camouflage, uh, you know, duck hunting, sick jacket to Texas roadhouse when I go eat a steak, you know, it's uh, but if I, you know, go buy maybe a, a brown one or a khaki one, I could do that. And I guess right. it'd, be more, it'd be more stylish, you know? Uh, plus, you know, you can wear it at me and Charles both have to do a lot of meetings and stuff and you can wear a nice plain color jacket to, you know, your business meetings and stuff instead of trying, you know, wearing a camouflage rain jacket, which, you know, nothing against it if that's what you do, but my boss don't like it. Right. <laughs> well, you want to dive in a little deeper and talk about wool and synthetic and yeah. Yeah. So I think you're you're definitely a wool guy, right? Yeah, I'm 100% wool guy. I started wearing wool about, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Uh, I bought a wool pullover from Max Prairie Wing for like $70. And it don't fit now. My belly button hangs out. But I passed it down to my uh, my fiance, which is, is big on her, but it keeps her warm. But it was uh, the cool thing about this, this particular pullover, it had polyester lining so you didn't itch because it was real wool you know and it was windproof so not only which is a huge thing if you buy any camouflage i highly recommend for cold weather anyways windproof stuff it don't have to be waterproof you know because you can dictate if it's going to rain if you want to hunt or not but you can put on as many clothes you want to and if it's windy outside it's going to cut through it so definitely definitely need a windproof layer for sure uh, but it uh i've got it wet yeah, I did. I did still maintain my warmth, which is it dries super fast. Uh, I wore it. I mean, I, I hate to admit this, but I wore it for a whole duck season without washing it. <laughs> and right. It don't stink. It don't hold odors. Uh, just the longevity of it is this is an awesome, awesome material. So, like, First Light's got a new pair of pants out. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's this wool pants. It's a wool blend pant, and uh, I think the temperature rating on it is like 60 degrees to 25 or 30 degrees it's just it really helps regulate your body temperature no matter the extreme temperature changes which is another cool thing about wool is you know just because it's a thick layer if it gets a little warmer it it breathes so you're you can regulate your body temperature easier now if you're out here you know humping up a mountain you're gonna get hot no matter what you're wearing i mean you're probably right you know but it definitely helps and uh that moisture wicking you know keeping you warm no matter even if it gets wet i mean that's that's a huge thing for one staying warm for two for safety i mean you know you could be out in the middle of god knows where and something happened you fall in the water or whatever it's it'll help you stay warm and not get hypothermia so it's definitely right. a good safety thing too well let's go in and, and, and kind of talk about um what our layering system looks like. I mean, I know we're going to Colorado, um, second, second rifle. Um, so should be pretty cold, you know, I think around in the twenties for the lows at night and well, who knows at that time of year. But I think, I think my layering system is going to be a, a medium to light pant and then, um, some puffy pants 
and then I'm going to layer, you know, my underlayment, merino wool under, you know, tuck on the skin, and then a, a long sleeve something. I'm not quite sure yet. Then I'm going to do a vest and then um, a hoodie of some sort, and then my actual puffy jacket if I need it. And that way I can take all those layers off and stick them down in my in my pack and you know pull those out when we start glassing and and whatnot i don't i'm not sure if i'm gonna go long john route or not i mean I'm, i'll probably end up taking a, a light pair um what are you thinking on your layer system well as you know i'm first light guy and i'm not gonna name drop brand uh specific item names but i'm gonna tell you about them first light come out with a zip off pair of long johns so I don't have to take my boots off and everything to take them off if I get hot. I can just drop my pants, unzip them, take them off. So my next skin is going to be them or smart wool light, depending on the weather. I mean, if it's going to be weather fluctuating a lot, like, you know, cold at night, warm during the day, I'm going to take the zip offs. But if it's going to, you know, maintain kind of chilly, I'm going to go with a, a medium next to skin long john and just don't plan on taking it off ever. And then I'm going to get the wool pants, of course, and a pair of puffy pants. And that's all on my bottom half other than my, my fit wool socks and, you know, my hiker, my hiker boots. But, uh, which I'm still, I'm still torn between boots. That's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother animal. I can't figure out what I want to do. Um, but for my up top, I'm definitely wearing Murano wool, uh, medium long john shirt. I'm going to have a heavyweight shirt. I'm going to have a vest, windproof vest, and I'm going to have a puffy jacket. And I'm also going to have the storm-tight pants and jacket in case, you know, snow comes or, or whatever. Um, so that's that's kind of my layering system. I'm, it, it It's going to fluctuate when we get closer. Um, I might add a couple, one or two things, or I might take off, you know, maybe. I might go from a medium to a light long john, depending on, you know, what the prediction is the week before we go. I mean, I want to be sure I have enough stuff, but I don't want to, you know, take too much and just be hot all the time and carry around clothes I don't need. Right. Um, and for extra clothes, I mean, I'm going to take one or two extra pair of underwear and, you know, one or two pair of socks in case I get wet. And that's it. I'm not carrying extra pants, you know, or anything like that. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, a lot of it I'm going to wear in. I'll put it that way. I mean, I only plan on carrying, you know, my puffies. Essentially, it's kind of my goal just for insulation layers. Yeah. Um, so, do you run liners in your sock liners in your boots, or no? You just I run don't. a one pair of socks. Yep. I'm running one pair of socks. Uh, there's a company called Fits that are uh, wool athletic socks. Essentially, I mean, they're when I say athletic, I don't mean they cut off at the ankle. I mean they are custom. They're athletic cut to your foot, so the toes and the heel is thicker than the rest of the whole sock right so it's you know made for wear and tear but i've wore them socks in 20 degree weather camping out here in a tent and stayed warm no problem so uh that's, that's probably the sock i'm gonna run it's uh i'm really impressed i'm still playing with it and i'm still wearing it like i'm going camping this weekend but it's gonna be warm well warmer it's gonna be probably in the 40s at night and i'm still gonna take the sock to see how you know see how they regulate i don't want to i don't want to sweat a lot in them but I'm not, I don't plan on taking insulated boots. I'm probably going to take uninsulated boots just for, uh, for weight for one and for comfort. Uh, if I can get away with just my socks and a waterproof boot, that's kind of, that's kind of the route I want to go without liners. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Maybe we can do some kind of podcast at the airport or something and talk about what we actually brought compared to what we're talking about now in March. Yeah. What we're talking about, we're going to bring. Well, I mean, if it was up to me and I could carry it all, I'd essentially take the whole store. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess another question would be, um, what would you, what do you plan to wear in your sleeping bag? Uh, I'm going to sleep in my, my long johns, my Nexus skin stuff. Uh, a lot of people, you know, try to leave some other clothes on, I guess, and use them for insulation layers while you sleep. I'm just always kind of scared of what if it gets colder than they say, you know what I mean? And then yeah. sitting there in all of my clothes and still cold as hell in my sleeping bag. Like I don't, I don't want yeah. to do that. So, uh, I try to base it off of, you know, in my long johns 
And then I can have the other clothes if I need them. But for one, you're going to be more comfortable if you don't put all that stuff on. Right. And for two, you have it for if you need it. Right. And I'm planning on running a, a liner in my bag too. Um, that'll probably add, you know, 10 to 15 degrees to whatever my bag is. Well, well that's, uh, that's something I want to talk about. I, uh, I actually did a lot of research on liners, uh, not long ago because, and the reason I did, it's kind of weird. Uh, my stepson's bag was, it's a 50 degree bag. He, we go camping all the time. We was going camping. It was going to be like 30. So I, I read it, you know, you gain 20 degrees on it. And, uh, it's, it's a lie. That is a hundred percent lie. The dude at Appalachian Outfitters told me a liner will probably roughly do five degrees at a comfort rating. That's it. So there are other liners out there that'll do more. So be sure you buy a quality liner. Not right. just, you know, one at Academy that's a fleece liner because it's not gonna add with what it says it's going to. Right. And and they they have some of those that, that are just too Make it we don't have to wash your sleeping bag as much. Yeah, you know, they're not for. There's no R value there. Yeah, so be sure you buy a quality liner. Don't go buy the ten dollar one at Academy like I did my stepson, and he froze. And I mean, you know, he should have worn more clothes. But I told him five times he don't want to listen. So that was, that was on him. But uh, yeah, no, read it, read it, read the reviews on it. And make sure you get a good quality liner. Well, so I think I'm going to be running the the big Agnes Sandhoffer twenty degree. Um, that's the plan right now. I do not have one of those yet. Um, so I'm planning on getting one and kind of trying it out some. Is it hopefully a, here soon. Is it a down or synthetic pay? It's down. Down. What makes you want to do yeah. down? Just, well, I mean, right now I have a synthetic and it takes up so much room in my pack that, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous how much room it takes up. And so I, I was thinking about getting something that, you know, compacts a little better down, you know, in the bottom of my bag. Um, so that was kind of the thought, really the thought process behind that. And it's obviously lighter too. And, you know, I don't warmer or whatnot. Um, but basically just, uh, the size of it in my bag was a real plus for me. Well, you see, I'm actually running a catch me owl right now, which is made by North face. And it's, uh, I don't like it. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why there is a, it's a mummy bag for one. And I'm too big for a mummy bag around the shoulders and the stomach. So it's super tight. Uh, I like to move around when I sleep. I'm a side sleeper. Um, mummy bag's just not for me. Yeah, they're warmer because you don't have as much air between your body and, you know, the pad and all that stuff. But uh, if, I, if I ain't comfortable, I ain't going to sleep anyways. So i am actually been looking at quilts. And I've been looking at synthetic quilts because of they dry out faster if they get wet. And I know I'm going to have my bag in a dry bag and all that stuff, but, you know, condensation in a tin or whatever. If a down bag gets wet, it takes a long time to dry out, and you're not going to stay warm if it's wet. Now, that being said, they have dry duct down and all that stuff. So, you know, whenever you're whenever you're buying your down bags, make sure you're reading, you know, if it's water repellent or if it's going to absorb water and not maintain the heat because you do not want to be out there in a wet bag and you're just you're screwed right yeah because with that down um the, that air inside you know those feathers and stuff is what actually gives you that r value um so once it gets wet and collapses you're pretty much screwed at that point yeah i actually would i watched a video a couple i don't know it's been a couple months ago now talking about downs and synthetics i try to i try to learn as much as i can about stuff for one so i can tell y'all about it and for two it's just it I enjoy learning stuff. And there was a video about a guy comparing down and synthetic bags, and he actually wet the feet, the foot box on both. And the down bag froze. It literally froze solid at night. And a synthetic bag didn't. So, I mean, yeah, you, it's going to be, down bags going to be lighter. They're going to be more expensive usually. No, usually. Right. It's going to be more packable. But there's still that case they might get wet. You know, you got to think about that too. I'm probably going to run synthetic, like I said, but I'm going to run a quilt because for one, the way sleeping bags work is the loft. And when you lay on a sleeping bag, you lose all the loft under your back. So you then you just straight rely on your pad. And uh, I'm running a Thermarest Pro Pad, which is an R5 value. 
which is a good value um, for, especially for an inflatable pad. So I would definitely suggest um, looking at pads and seeing, you know, seeing what you can get for the best. If you're a side sleeper, I wouldn't get a a closed sale because it's definitely going to hurt. You don't want a closed sale. Pads are probably an inch thick and they're hard. I mean. And if you're a bigger person, there's people out there who can sleep on them. I, I'm not one of them. I mean, my, my pad is about two and a half inches thick. It's self-inflating. Uh, I actually have clips on the pad that I can clip to my sleeping bag clips. So the pad stays up under me, so I don't have to worry about it coming out, which it also clips to the quilt that I'm looking at. But uh, yeah, it's definitely something you need, to, you need to look at. You definitely need to look at, uh, you know, our values on pads. Pad is a... It don't matter how good of a sleeping bag you have. It don't matter. You can buy a $500 million sleeping bag, and if you sleep on a cold ground, you're going to get cold. It's called uh, conductive heat. So the ground is going to pull all of your body heat out from under you. So, I mean, there are people out there that are running closed cell pads and then putting an uh, inflatable pad on top of it just to, you know, maximize their R value just because that, that ground gets cold. Yeah, and I think you need to we need to talk more about, you know, the importance of, you know, the the sleeping bag actually having those hooks or or way to hold that pad underneath your sleeping bag. Um because if you get on any kind of a heel, you know, you'll slide right off that pad and then you'll, you'll be sleeping on the ground. Um so that is a big thing. Um and that's I mean, the reason why I know is cuz I didn't have one the last time I went to Wyoming and it was a major pain. Yeah, they uh there's a company out now that's it's, it's actually the one that I'm looking at. It's called Zen Bivy. I've, I don't know how it's something to do with Facebook. They talk about me looking at sleeping bags and stuff, I guess. And they started, you know, doing ads like they always do that, you know, the voice that don't listen, listening to you. Um, well, I really like it. I, I, I've read a lot about them and I don't know. They, they have a, the way their bag works, it's a quilt with a sheet and then it's got a hood on it, but the sheet and the hood is one and then the quilts, you know, are different. So you get all the comforts of a quilt, but you get the warmth around your head as a mummy bag, essentially. And, uh, it'll hook on any pad and it's just, it's not that bad. I want to say it's like two seventy five for a, a 15 degree synthetic. And, uh, they took all the zippers and everything off on their 2.0 model, which makes it lighter. Uh, I definitely suggest looking at it as something, you know, if, if you're thinking about going, you know, down the quilt road, I would look at Zen Bivy and hopefully they, uh, hopefully they stay around for a while. Cause they're definitely on to something. Right. Um, so what do you, what kind of tin are you planning to take? I know, I think your, your look on the outlook on that is a little different than mine. Yeah. We've been arguing about tents for, uh, about three months now, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the One Tigress TP tent with a wood stove option. To me, having a ground sheet and everything's not a big deal. I don't care. Uh, I'm gonna have you know a pad. I can take a ground tarp with me if I want to. You know, I I ain't worried about any of that. And I, it's like 1.1 pounds. It takes one pole to set it up. You can actually buy one that you use your trekking pole with an extension. And you don't have to worry about, you know, tent poles and a bunch of tent stakes and all that kind of stuff. You can almost, you could, you could really tie it up to a limb with paracord and not have to, not even have a stake. And that being said, I mean, that one tigress I'm looking at, is like eight foot across. So you got eight foot by like six foot high in the middle. That's a big tent for one, one pound. You know, of course it all depends on what, uh, if you do take stakes, what kind of stakes you take, you're going to take the plastic ones, you're going to take the ultralight ones and all that kind of stuff. Or are you going to, are you going to take the, you know, the trekking pole extension or not? Are you going to take the pole that you can get with it? Or, you know, all that comes into in play. But I really like the, the one Tigress. I watched uh, a bunch of people using it in different, you know, weather conditions. And I haven't seen anything bad about it yet. And for two, it's it's like $180. It's not bad at all price-wise. And, you know, you can buy in that with you know the wood stove option that i'm looking at that charles is still on the fence about it's uh you can really increase your comfort level when you're out in the woods right and you know one of those things that i've been thinking about is you know the weather is all you know you never know what the weather is going to be 
you know, on top of one of these mountains. And if the wind gets up or something like that, the kind of tent that you're you're talking about would be, you know, hard to keep up. Um, so, I mean, you got to kind of look at the weather before you go. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Hornet, the Nemo Hornet 2. Um, it's a, I'm looking at a two-person tent, and it's one pound, 15 ounce. Um, and, and one thing I like about it, it has two doors, so that way... You know, if you can get a tent with a one front door, then you got to climb over all your stuff or the other person or, you know, it's just not as not as comfortable. Um, but that's one thing you got to think about is, you know, the weather about the tent that, that you're talking about, Kenny, is um, it's good and bad in bad weather. Um, so in wind, you know, that that is kind of when um, you start worrying, you know, is this tent going to be able to stand up to to high winds? But also, when you're hunting, you know, in the high country, um, fog will set in, you know, and you might spend, you know, rain and fog are set in, then you might spend hours a day in your tent, you know, not being able to get out and do anything because, you know, it's foggy and rainy. There's really no point in it. Um, and then you have that stove to keep you warm and just to keep the morale kind of up, which in the tent that I'm talking about, you obviously can't put a stove in it. So that's my kind of take on the, on the tent thing. So well, just so everybody knows, we've been having more than one argument about this whole tent thing. Uh, I'm still kind of hurt that Charles don't want to share a tent. Um, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, why do I stink? Like, I mean, that's less stuff we have to carry. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the point of, you know, sharing a tent as much is I think we need two options. That way we can be like, man, this is supposed to be super windy. Um, you know, we, we probably should go with this tent with a floor and, you know, poles and or, hey, man, it's, the weather's supposed to be awesome. Let's take this tent or it's supposed to be really cold. Let's take the tent with the stove. Um, I guess it really all depends on your situation. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have options for sure. But, I mean, uh, I'm kind of scared of Bigfoot. So, uh, I'm pretty sure I can run faster than Charles. So I just kind of why I want them there so I can outrun Bigfoot. That's literally probably the only reason. <laughs> Bigfoot as in grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has a big foot too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Speaking of that, everybody listen to, uh, I'm going to have to tell you about this story. Uh, everybody listen to the podcast where I have my, my good friend Randy on, <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get him back on soon to have some more stories for sure. But he's got one story about Bigfoot that actually made national news. And uh, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say national. It, it, it aired in Japan too. Um, I'll get him on here to tell you that about that story and about how that unfolded. I mean, it's he's a firm believer Bigfoot ex- exists. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get on here and talk about that. So I guess what's next is uh, oh, we didn't talk about pillows. I got him. Oh yeah, you got to have that pillow. I am. I'm about to have a heart attack thinking about what pillow I'm going to take when we go on this trip. <laughs> See, right now I'm kind of spoiled because I take my pillow from the house, and I use a my pillow, and I like it. You know, to me, a pillow is my number one thing when it comes to sleeping, and these inflatable pillows suck. And I like a soft pillow that cradles, feels like I'm sitting, you know, in my mama's arms when I was a baby. And these inflatable <laughs> pillows just don't do it for me. Um. I don't know what route I'm going to go. I might end up having to get a compression bag and just compress my my pillar down and take it with us. Hey, strap it on there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I actually have a Thermarest uh, extra large pillow right now, and it's just, it's not enough. It, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to take it and a blow up, I guess, to get the height that I want. Because the pillow is kind of comfortable, but it's it's open cell foam and it collapses. And next thing you know, your head's laying on the ground in the middle of it, you know, it's all that stuff. So I end up folding it in half, but, uh, yeah, no. So if y'all have any suggestions on thick pillows for side sleepers for backpacking, be sure to send us an email at project DIY hunter at gmail.com because I am about to pull my hair out. <laughs> and I'm just going to run just a see the summit blow up pillow that weighs like a couple ounces. Well, I'm sure you're a back um, sleeper. I'm not. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have thought about just, just rolling up my puffy jacket and using that. But Mm-mm, I can't do it. I'm too bougie. I am way too bougie for that. Some comforts I'm not getting rid of. Yeah. So um, I guess we need to go ahead and move on down to the cooking stove. Um, 
what kind of cooking stuff are you planning to take? I have. Well, I'm actually taking a jet bull. Um, I'm going to take the one liter jet bull, but I'm taking a MSR backup. Um, I like the jet bulls. I think they're awesome. I don't hear a lot of bad stuff about them at all, but I'm also a firm believer. You need a backup in case something happens. I mean, you can always cook, you know, over a fire, but I mean, there's some places that you go that, you know, wood's not, it's not adequate. You know, you can't just walk five feet and find sticks. You know what I mean? And, uh, right. So I'm definitely, definitely suggest taking a backup head. So I'm taking the MSR backup head with a jet bull, uh, jet bull is my primary. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to be taking one stove. Um, especially if, if you're going with me and taking yours, you know, which, you know, I could, you know, we could share, um, honestly we would be able to share stoves and we look only have one um but you know if you're worried about that backup you know it'd be nice if both of us took a stove but i think i'm gonna run the jet bull minimo um are you gonna really get the like jet press it. with i mean the coffee press with it i don't know i'm not a huge coffee drinker i feel um, like man just sitting on the side of a mountain in colorado in the snow i feel like i need a cup of coffee in my hand like yeah. you know what i mean it's kind of more of a, a it's kind of a thing yeah. And I mean, and, and I really think these jet bowls are the way to go. I mean, you can boil one liter of water in like four minutes and 30 seconds to where you're open with, with a, just like an MSR open cooking stove um, with just a single burner, all that air and stuff. I mean, it takes it eight minutes. I mean, it almost doubles the boil time for a liter of water. Also, I think the, the packability of, of that, jet bull i mean you can, everything fits basically inside the cup you know and that's that's awesome when you just slip that down in your in your bag and when you get ready to cook some ramen or whatever you just you know pull it out and it's all right there you ain't got to go digging around or you know that to find you what you need well one thing that i can say about jet, about what you touched on about taking longer to boil is i actually went to hartwell camping a couple of weeks ago and uh Hartwell is a lake that's around me. I mean, I'm sorry I said that, but it's Lake Hartwell. Um, and it was super windy on the side of the of the side of the island that I was on. And I tried to boil water and ended up having to take my thing in the tent to boil the water because the wind was so hard that it was just blowing that flame everywhere. And with the jet boil, you don't have to worry about that because it has, you know, the heat dispersing fins and everything under it. So it's more of a direct heat instead of a, a flame heat, I guess. And, uh, it's going to be windy where we're going and you definitely don't want to have to struggle with it. I mean, I struggled with it and I used, you know, I had to cut it on high and I used a lot of fuel that I wouldn't have had to use on a jet bull. And, uh, I definitely, I mean, you can get off brands that are made the same as the jet bull. I don't remember the name of it. You remember the name of it, Charles? Camp Chef is one Camp of them. Chef. Uh, yeah. Well, Camp Chef's not really an off brand either. <laughs> it's, 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 they make some awesome stoves, but, uh, I just like how the jet ball has the indicator and all that stuff on it too. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely something you don't want to fight with and it's worth the money. I mean, it's $109 for the one that I got and you can go pick it up at Cabela's or any hiking store. And that's what everybody uses. I mean, there's a reason why it's, you know, one of the most popular stoves. All right. So now that we've been talking about stoves, um, what kind of food and stuff are you planning to, to take and, I mean, me, I'm a mountain house guy, but I mean, what, what are you thinking? Biscuits and gravy every day, the whole time for mountain house. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. It's so good. I've tried, uh, I've tried a bunch of other ones, man. And there's some of them that are garbage. I'm not going to lie. Um, I had the beef stew, I think, I think, I think that's what they call it. And, uh, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, it was, really? I liked it. It was, I hated it. Like, I, I wouldn't <laughs> ever get it again. So uh, I got some more I got to play around with, but I'm definitely taking four or five biscuits and gravy, and I'm probably gonna eat it yeah. for breakfast a couple of times and dinner a couple of times. Uh, yeah. For lunch, well, let me ask you this: Have you ever thought about um, dehydrating your own own food? I have, but there's a reason why I don't meal prep, and it's because I'm lazy. <laughs> and D D uh, Bo Beatty does it. Some well, he he's just started and recently started doing a lot more like spaghetti and all that stuff, and it looks phenomenal. Yeah, on on the episodes, and I thought about doing it. Um, honestly, I have to do more research on it to figure out if it's something that I want to do. 
because, I mean, if you think about it, like dehydrated apples or, you know, fruits in general would be yeah. a good snack, you know, yeah. when you're up there. So it's uh, it's something we definitely need to talk about. But no, honestly, I haven't thought about doing it. For one, I don't have the stuff to do it. I think you got a dehydrator for when you make jerky, but I don't have a dehydrator. Yeah. I mean, I also thought about throwing different stuff into the mountain house, you know, like throw some raisins or whatnot into the mountain house to add something else to it. Um, I've heard of people doing that. Well, I'm more of a just take Tabasco. You put enough Tabasco yeah. on anything, it's just going to taste like Tabasco. I mean, I'm pretty sure right. I eat a piece off a tree. <laughs> it would be okay. Yeah. Or red, red, Frank's red hot sauce, you know, like the old woman says she puts it on everything. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I plan on taking like some little packs for lemonade and or tea and that kind of stuff. Just, just for the evening, you know. Um, just get a little taste of something other than water since you've been drinking water pretty much all day. Um, probably throw something like that in there. Is there, you going to throw any kind of like mountain ops or anything like that? I've actually been looking into mountain ops a lot lately. I really like the outfit program. That's the program actually that I'm going to use to, you know, get in shape for when we go. But, uh, I don't know, man. Um, a lot of them flavors give me acid reflux, honestly. So I'm gonna have to play with them to see which ones don't, um, before we go. Cause I don't want to have to carry around Tums and everything else. Too. I'm probably going to take like a couple just in case, but I don't want to have to carry all of them. Yeah. So it's something I have to play around with, but me personally, I don't mind water. The only time that water to me kind of sucks is when you're eating. Right. And so I might take some lemonade or maybe some like, uh, what's it called? Crystal. Yeah. Those little packs. That's what yeah. we took to Wyoming. Little yeah, crystal little light crystal, packs. Crystal light packs with, you know. Yeah. Just a. Add some flavor. But I don't know. I, have to, I just have to play with it and see which ones give me acid reflux and which ones don't. I'm kind of scared to, you know, take some stuff. Like, what if I don't use it? Because I don't mind water. Because, honestly, the water we're going to be drinking is just going to filter it straight out of the stream. So, and it's going to taste, it's going to taste better than bottled water anyways. Right. So, I don't, I don't know. I might, uh, I actually seen a trick where somebody took lemons, like real lemons. And throughout the hunt, they just put pieces of lemon in their water bottle. And I huh. like lemon water, so it might be something that I do. Yeah. I wonder if you can dehydrate a lemon if it would rehydrate in a bottle of water. Like, yeah, essentially, you know what I mean? Right. It might be something yeah. to, to try to research. Yeah, I know I know another thing. You know, this is kind of different than, than the topic we're on right now, but um, gummy bears, when you're hiking... Um, I've listened to tons of podcasts where they talk about gummy bears are like the best snack to eat to give you energy while you're hiking. Um, they are kind of heavy, but you know, I've heard multiple, multiple people say that that gummy bears are the way to go while you're hiking for like a snack. Is it because of the sugar you think is a sugar rush or cause I've always heard trail mixes, you know, where you want to be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the, the sugar rush. Um, to do a little more research on it and, and figure out what it is, but I mean, I've heard it multiple platforms. I do love some Harboro gummy bears. Yeah. Um. So I guess that kind of covers the food. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about with the food? Uh, no. I just I haven't really sat down and tried to figure out because I haven't weighed my food. I don't. I'm not the guy that can sit here and tell you how much food I'm gonna eat every day. You know, and I, I, yeah. I I'm probably gonna. That's probably gonna bite me. Cause I feel like I need to know how much of them I ate. So I don't have to carry way too much or, you know, not enough, but definitely, yeah, you know, plan out your meals. You're going to have to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, whatever you can survive on, but you need to take snacks because for one, you're going to be hiking and burn a lot more calories than, you know, than you're going to be sitting at home or, you know, cutting grass or whatever. It's a different kind of calories. So you need to be sure you take enough snacks and stuff to, you know, keep up with your caloric intake throughout the day because if you don't you're just going to be gassed and you're just you're, you're not going to be able to perform at peak you know at your peak opportunities or your you know just because you don't have the energy level because it's you got to keep your, your calories up you know or you're going to end up getting sore and getting real tired and fatigued a lot faster yeah yeah, and a good rule of thumb um, for your food per day is about two to two and a half pounds. Um, that's that's kind of now a good. That's a good rule of thumb to to go by. Now there are some extremists out there that you know they'll get down on a pound and a half, and I'm, it sounds like a lot, but when you start thinking about like a pack of M and M's, I mean that's a quarter pound. Yeah, 
I mean, a pound adds up fast. Yep. So now I guess um, let's move on down to um, tracking poles, um, headlights, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just going to run some cheap aluminum tracking poles, tracking poles, and um, I've done the, a little bit of research and and for the cost versus the weight difference between aluminum and carbon fiber. I'm I'm just not seeing it. Um, I love the ones I have now, you know, and I think they were forty bucks for the pair. Now are they twist lock or are they uh the tab lock? They're definitely tab lock. I've heard a lot of bad things about the twist lock, but uh, lock. you see, I actually have tab locks myself, and I like. I mean, they're black diamond cheapos from I, I think I got them at Sportsman's Warehouse for like sixty dollars. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I did because I honestly I was kind of excited, so I tried them out in the backyard. If you're a heavy walker and you kind of slam your arms as you walk over time, they kind of work their way down. And I kind of wish I could huh. tighten it, but I'm scared that if I tighten it too much, I'll end up denning the aluminum pole. Breaking them, yeah. And I don't, I don't, see, like I haven't that. had any trouble with mine. But, well, I'm a heavy walker, you know, like I'm, I'm putting my arms down when I'm going, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I am in four wheel drive mode going. So, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying I'm slamming them, but, you know, I guess I'm, I'm not graceful either. So I'm kind of, yeah. I kind of want to, I'm kind of torn on, do I want to go get a cheap pair of twist locks to see if I like them? Yeah, I've heard twist locks um, doing exactly what you're, what you're talking about. Um, but you know, you never know. It's, it's kind of on. one of them things you gotta, I mean, they make both of them for a reason. People like this right. one, other people like this one. I looked at the Leakies, $200 carbon fiber ones. I like the way the grips are, but not for a hundred and sixty dollar markup from what I paid for mine. Yeah, yeah, it's unreal what you can pay in trekking poles. Yeah, I mean, and they're, I mean, with the mono pole, which is cool. I like the mono pole, but I need two of them. Like, I don't want to be a three wheeler. I want to be a four wheeler. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so headlights, um, black diamond spot. That's the way to go. Three fifty, baby. I like the spot three fifty. Uh, they have another one that's bigger. That I haven't got. I want to get it. Charles told me, turned me on to the Spot 350, and I've been absolutely in love with it. I like the touch feature. I like the battery level feature, and the batteries last, in, you know, pretty good ways for, you know, a, a headlamp. Uh, it's that bright. And it's cheap. I mean, it's... I 40 mean, bucks. Yeah, 40 bucks at Cabela's or online and Amazon, and it's got the Money comfort headband. Cheaper. Like, it's... I'll probably end up buying another one to take for my backup, because I can lock it where it don't drain the batteries. That is a big thing there for it don't turn on in your pack. And I've heard of horror stories of people pull their light out, you know, and it, it not work just because it's been on in their backpack for all day. And honestly, when I run it, when I go camping, I never use the spot. The only time I use the spot is when I hear something in the bushes or something, I touch the side of it and the, the spot will come up or it'll come onto a flood and uh, you can see and it's just instant. You don't have to worry about hitting buttons or nothing. You just literally touch the side of it. And, uh, man, it's a bright, it's a bright spot. Like it's, it, it'll get us out. You could see something, you know, 50 yards away. Yeah. It's definitely worth Now I, I am, I'm curious to see how the bigger one does. I've thought about getting the bigger one cause I'm, I love flashlights. Like if I get a new flashlight, I'm gonna go play with it when I get home in the dark. Just, that's just me. I'm a big <laughs> kid when it comes to flashlights. I don't like being in the dark. I don't, I don't use nightlights or nothing, but, uh, if I got a flashlight, I'm gonna play with it. I guess that I guess I can, you know, thank my daddy for that one because I always had to hold the flashlight for him. And it's the only thing I, I ever did that. that I didn't get yelled at. <laughs> uh but yeah, what are you gonna take for are we gonna take a lantern? Are you thinking about lantern? I actually got a I can't remember the name of it, and I hate that I can't remember the name of it, but I got an inflatable solar panel USB charger lantern the other day that's three hundred looms on high and it'll last like four hours on a full charge on high it's pretty sweet and you can charge it takes like eight hours of direct sunlight to charge it but you can charge your phone three times off of it yeah so that's that's pretty sweet and I how think, much does it weigh do you know i don't know how much it weighs i mean i come totally unprepared to talk about the lantern but uh half a pound maybe i mean that's probably yeah. I'm, I'm probably high it's not it's not that heavy it's probably and it, it folds flat to about an inch thick by about a six inch disc until you blow it up yeah. and you blow it up it's probably eight inches tall by six inch disc um yeah. 
it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's nice. I used it camping not long ago and my stepson gets it out all the time. Just go run around the backyard with the dog with it. It's definitely a, it's definitely a fun investment. I think I paid 50 bucks for it at, uh, Appalachian Outfitters and it was, it was worth it. I like it. Yeah. So I guess, um, I guess we move on to satellite communicators. I know I think you're you're looking at the inReach and and I'm looking at the um, Zillow. Why are you looking at the Zillow? The Zillow, yeah. I mean, it's um, cheaper, I guess you could say. And so with the inReach, you have to pay an activation fee, and then you have to pay a monthly fee. And so with the Zolio, you don't have to do that. I mean, it's um, the basics, 20 bucks, and then you have 25 messages included. And it's like, you can get the in touch and it's 250 messages for $35. And then every additional message is 25 cent. And then it's like $50 for the unlimited. I mean, which are cheaper, you know, for the plans, but it is, you know, a $200 unit. Well, I, uh, I was looking at the in reach mini and I guess I liked it. I mean, I don't know how much yours is. I haven't done any research on that one particular one. Uh, but mine's about three fifty. The one I'm looking at is it don't have a it has a screen on it, but it don't have like maps screen on it. You know, it's more of a like what settings you're running screen at the moment. Yeah, and you can use your phone, you know, for I guess everything else. But I like it just because of the the compactability of it. It's it's absolutely it's. It's small. <laughs> It'll fit in the palm of your hand. And uh, honestly, I'm not going to use maps that much. It has active live tracking in and, you know, my spouse can log in and see where I'm at and kind of follow me where I go. And it has SOS feature and all that stuff on it too, which is, you know, important. But uh, I'm kind of, honestly, Charles, it's kind of scaring me on about the fees. I, I don't guess I've done enough research on the activation fees and, contract how much it costs a month for text message and all that it was kind of more of a i'm kind of i guess i'm in the beginning stages of it it was kind of i seen it thought it was cool yeah so i was wrong the zolio does have a 20 dollar activation fee um, but it does have the cheaper plans but the um the bivy the bivy stick is the one that doesn't have the activation plans and it is right there with the zolio um when it comes to the plan size, I mean, they, they use it credits, you know, it's 40 bucks for a hundred credits and, and 50 bucks for unlimited. Um, but it's 350 bucks and it's just basically kind of like a, you know, like a memory stick that you, you know, put it in your USB on your computer. I mean, it's not much bigger than that. Yeah, no, that's definitely, uh, that's that's definitely something cool to look into too. I mean, there's so many different options out there for GPSs, but just don't be stupid and not go with the one. Like, right. Your phone's not amazing. It's not going to work everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's awesome to have for an actual GPS, but to communicate um, for SOS, if you ever need it, you know, it's, it's nice to have one of these satellite communicators. And especially if you got a wife back at the house or, um, kids that you want to you know talk to and catch up with at the end of the day um it's it's definitely a luxury to have that makes it worth it yeah no it's uh and it's the biggest safety i mean and of course if i kill if i go out there and i kill a monster i'm i'm gonna want to call my woman so that's gonna give me a opportunity to shoot her a text and tell her you know i got one down i'm not and she's not worried about me you know i mean it's right i, I, I couldn't imagine that you know back in the day out west when you know men would go on trips for three or four months at a time. That woman sitting at home, not know if they're coming back or not. Like I, yeah. we're definitely, we live in a different world now to where that's, I don't, I, don't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so I guess now that we've talked about, you know, all the camping gear, um, I think we're going to talk about hunting specific hunting gear, um, at a later episode, but I mean, let's talk about packs real quick. What are we going to put all this stuff in? I am going mystery ranch, bear tooth 80. For one, it's a big pack that I can put whatever I want to in. I want to say it's 51 or 5,300 cubic inches. Yeah, it's 5,185 cubic inches. And uh, the price ain't that bad. I mean, it's 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 got the extra light frame. I think it weighs 6.4 pounds, 6.5 pounds. Yeah, 6.7, 6.5. So it's... Uh, it's a light pack. It's a big pack. 
it's got the hoist system on it it's got the, it's got a meat shelf on it so you know you can haul back you know your quarters or whatever you need to do uh it's just it's the one that talks to me honestly which one are you looking at so i'm looking at the metcalf um but which i i haven't decided obviously between um the metcalf or the um bear tooth 80 I really like the Metcalf just because it's a little bit lighter. I don't know if I need all that room, especially when I when I move to the, the down sleeping bag. Um, yeah, and with the the Metcalf, you know, it's um, five pounds seven ounces, so it's a whole pound lighter. But you are losing um, almost a thousand cubic inches. You know, it's forty three thirty five cubic inches. Um, but the pack that I took out to Wyoming. I think was around 31. Um, so that's giving me a lot more room and I'm also upgrading on, on some items. So they're getting smaller. So I think I would have plenty of room. It's also about 70 bucks cheaper. Um, but no, I, I haven't made up my mind 100% yet. Cause I'm, I'm all about, you know, getting something that's going to last, you know, forever. Um, so I don't have to buy nothing hopefully for a long time. And when we start, elk hunting and, and that kind of stuff where you got to have more stuff or we go, you know, I think we're planning on going on a five day trip. And then when you start talking seven, eight day trips, you know, you got to have that, that bear tooth 80. One thing I've learned about all this, uh, backpacking stuff is the more money you spend, the smaller it gets. <laughs> so, uh, you're like, man, I just paid four hundred dollars for this little bitty thing like what am i thinking and then you're like oh this is amazing so you know don't be scared to you know lighten stuff up for sure um the biggest things when it comes to backpacking for you know we're not we're not going to say survival because you know what you need to survive but we're going to say comfort and making it easier stuff to not skip on would be your boots your sleeping stuff and your backpack because for one, you got to be able to carry it in and a better backpack is just going to, you know, it's just going to make everything easier. But I've watched a lot of side-by-side comparisons be- between Mystery Ranch and, you know, all the other Stone Glacier and Kuyu and all of them. And Mystery Ranch is the only one that passed all the destruction videos on GoHunt.com. They did a video comparing like four or five different packs trying to rip the seams and tear zippers and you know, cut fabric and all that. And mystery ranch is the only one that passed it all. And mystery ranch actually started, uh, doing military backpacks. So they're a huge military backpack company now. So, you know, I, I support anybody that supports the military too. Yeah. So 100%. Definitely check out mystery ranch. I mean, they're, they're a little expensive, but when you compare them to like stone glacier and I guess the upper end backpacks, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's comparable. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you need to hit us up for any questions you might have, you know, you can email us at projectdiyhunter at gmail.com. Uh, we have an Instagram, project underscore DIY underscore hunter. Then we have a YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and all those are Project DIY Hunter. Um, so you reach out to us with any questions, concerns, reviews. Um, be sure to hit the download button. And um, thanks for listening.